welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. last um, service of the month of June and all through the month of June we've been talking about um, the force called love all right and um, we've had two parts one part was talking about gratitude gratitude you know um, the foundation of everything that we want to achieve and accomplish in life is fueled by love you know if love doesn't become the foundation the things that we do are somewhat burdensome they are we do them with a lot of um, a lot of weight but when love fuels your action it takes away some weight from you all right so we looked at some of the things that some of the actions that seemingly look difficult to carry out on their own. But when love becomes the foundation on which we build these things, those actions, they don't appear so difficult after all. One of the things we looked at is gratitude. Gratitude. Sometimes it's difficult for you to be grateful because you somewhat say or ask, what should I be grateful for? What should I be thankful for? What should I give God thanks and praise for? Um, things are not looking so good, so why should I be grateful? But the thing about gratitude is it has nothing to do with whether things are good or not. Your gratitude, if it comes from the foundation of love, you will not zero it in on the fact that things are okay or things are not. You will be grateful because you have come to realize in the first place that God loves you. So when, that, when love becomes the foundation, you are naturally grateful. But when love is not there, you'll be looking for things to tie your gratitude to. You'll be looking for things to um, measure your gratitude with. Alright? So we say that love is a force that compels us to take action. So when we don't take those actions then we question the authenticity of the love that is there. Romans 5 verse 8 says, Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place. While we were still lost and ungodly, Christ died in our place. Glory to his name. 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion. That's the passion translation. It fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced that he has given his life for us all. That means all died with him. Okay, so it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and holds us tightly in everything that we do. It is his love. I, I made mention the other time that um, the love that you show or that you give to other people is not the love that you have. And that the human um, being, the human man, the fallen man, 
is incapable of loving. Not because she cannot love, but because the kind of love that you should love is the one that was given to you by Christ. So if you find it difficult loving people, you don't, you don't need to start disturbing yourself about the seven things to do to love. No. What you just need to do is to receive the love of Christ. And once you have received that love, it becomes easy for you to love another person. Because you've received the love of Christ. So the love that you are giving to others is the love that you have received from him. So when it's difficult to forgive someone, someone asked the question some time ago, said, Pastor, someone did this thing to me. And by the time the person described what was done to her, it was very hurtful and it was painful. And the person said, look, I've been trying to forgive this person, but I cannot forgive. I said, I don't blame you. It's not in your nature naturally to forgive. You would want to hold grudge. I said the only way you can forgive another person is if you have received forgiveness yourself. And that when you are struggling with forgiveness, all you just need to do is go before the Father and say, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. And when you have received that forgiveness, it becomes easy for you to forgive. All right, because you cannot give what you do not have. And what you have is, was given to you by Christ. Glory to God. And then the second part, we looked at selflessness. Selflessness. Um, we, we, it was uh, men's um, Father's Day, so we, talk, we delved a little into, um, we streamlined it into being a father and all that. But selflessness, that God created us to be selfless. Glory to his name. And then today we want to talk about sacrifice. 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 Glory to God. What is sacrifice? It is to give up something, something of value. To forsake it for another consideration. To give up something of value. You forsake it in consideration for another for another everything we do in life has some form of sacrifice involved in it everything you want to become everything you want to achieve everything you dream of has some form of sacrifice attached to it there is nobody here today or on the face of this earth that has dared to achieve anything great and has not at one point or the other had to sacrifice something to achieve that thing. Alright, so you went to um, elementary school, you went to high school and then it became time for you to um, go to college and then you got to the university and then you found out it was a different ball game entirely. Alright? was a different ball game entirely. Some, I know some people who had to sleep in their classroom just to study. Is it that you love your classroom so much? Or it was very convenient? The bed in the classroom is better than your bed in the house. No. But you had to sacrifice your time, sacrifice your comfort because of something you wanted to achieve. Alright? So I realized that Life in itself is full of sacrifices. 
Life in itself is full of sacrifices. Every day you sacrifice one thing or another. You're being here today for some people it's a sacrifice. You go to work for some people it's a sacrifice to go to work every day because um some some people don't love their job. That's the honest truth. But I've learned something that a very wealthy um um man once said that I don't do what I really love to do because I love to do it. I do it because it has to be done. So they asked him a question. Said, "Sir, we see that you make money in so and so. I've forgotten the industry. You must love what you do." He said, "I hate it." So why do you do it? He said, "It brings me money." So it's not everything that you love to do that you will eventually do. Let me say that again. It's not everything that you love to do that you will eventually do. So you say things like, "Oh, I don't have passion for something." So somebody comes to you with a business idea, and then because you don't have passion for it, then you don't do it. But it's supposed to bring you money. It's a good business idea. There's nothing wrong with it. But because you don't have passion for it, then you don't do it. If you want to just make money on a small scale, it's good to follow your passion. But when you want to make money on a on a large scale, there are things you will do that you have no passion whatsoever about. No passion at all. But you will have the resource to do it either financially or materially or intellectually but you have zero passion for it that's what separate the business people from the everyday person talk to any business person you know it's not everything they have passion for that they do i do a lot of things but not all of them i have passion for some of them i have to psych myself up to do it I have to motivate myself to do it because at the end of the day it's going to make me some money. I have the skill, I have the knowledge, I have the resource to do it. But I don't have the passion for it. I don't know I'm talking about business. I've digressed. But it will bring me money. So but there's no love for it. So I'm sacrificing to do it because there's a profit at the end of the day. Imagine someone comes to me and says to me, maybe I'm walking down, I got I get into an office and then I'm talking and someone says that oh, I'm looking for someone that will supply sand. I need um 20 tons of sand. And I heard and the person says, "Oh, do you supply sand?" I say, "Oh, I'm a business con person. I can I can work it out. We do general contracts." somebody would have said oh I don't, I, don't, I don't do sand I don't do sand but I can get you someone that do sand excuse me what you have just done is that you have killed a business opportunity listen 
I don't know why I'm talking about business. Can I just flow? Okay, good. Now, so someone comes to you, all right? And, you know, people say all the time that, sir, I need capital for business. I need capital. I say, okay, how much do you need? Or what do you need? It's okay, I need 50,000. I need 100,000. I need 500,000 for start a business. Okay. In all my years, my small years of studying business, what I realize is that the greatest capital of all is usually not money. There's something called trust. Trust is a capital, but you don't know. It's a capital, but you don't know. I met a guy some, some um, I think a little over two, two or three years ago, just close to my house. Myself and someone were driving down and then he was, he was going to sell his car. So he sold the car with somebody. I'm like, ah, that's my car. I said, oh, really? Yes. Ah, that's your car. I said, ah, what's he doing there? I said, let's go. We got there and, and saw the guy. I said, ah, guy, where did you get this car from? He said, he bought it. I said, ah, my friend now said, but I gave a dealer my car to sell. How come it's with you? Then he said, well, he doesn't know we should, we should call the dealer. So we called the dealer. The dealer said he has not sold the car. Ah, guy, you said you bought this car. I said, yes, you bought the car. So my friend now accosted him and said, you know what? This is my car. I gave it to a dealer to sell. And the dealer has been telling me for months that he has not sold the car. So how come it's with you? So the guy opened up and said, okay, you know what? I don't want to cause any trouble. I've actually bought the car. And I have proof that I bought the car. Just go and deal with your dealer. He said, hey, no problem. So the guy told us a very interesting story. He said, a few months before he bought that car, he was, he was in a wretched position. Very down position nothing at all whatsoever he was struggling and and you know wanting to get something doing so he sells clothes so he called about five of his friends five people that he knows or thereabout and they promised that they were going to give him some financial capital to start selling the clothes so he said based on that promissory note this is a true life story he we were right there and he was telling us the story he went to a bar or somewhere and went to start getting the clothes. So he called them. I'm going to the market. They say, go, when you get there, call. By the time he got to the market and called, nobody was speaking his call anymore. So he sat down in the market somewhere, frustrated, in tears. Somebody walked up to him and said to him, I've been seeing you moving around the market. What's the problem? He explained the story to him. Then the person said, I will do something for you. Come. Took him to his store. Never met him before. Took him to his store. Gave him the clothes. Go and sell. When you sell, this is my account number. Give me the money. I trust you. Never met him before. Never met him before. And then the guy was shocked. Took the clothes. Went to sell. And he was true to his words. He returned the money he made. Made some money. Returned the money. Went back. The guy gave him additional clothes, go and sell. He sold, made some money. I think the third time he came back, he said, come, I will take you to two or three of my friends. To call his friends, say, I trust this guy. What is he transacting with? Trust. That's what he's transacting with. And I found out that when God wants to give you something, listen very careful to me. God will never give you to start with what man created. 
he will give you to start with what only he created. God did not create money. He will never first of all give you money. He will give you people, relationship, trust, character. Those are the things that he will give you. Before money comes into play, money is the last thing and is the smallest in the mind of God. It is the smallest. God will give you people, relationship, character, trust. Those are the things he will give you to transact with. And then when he gives you those things, those are the things that bring money. Money is not the first. So from that story, the guy now said he made enough money, he bought the car, and then what even brought the conversation was that the boot of the car was filled with clothes. He was selling the clothes inside the car. I don't know how I got into business. So please, you guys just part of me. So God gives, you, gives us these things and expects that as children of God, we take these things and begin to transact with them and begin to do business with them. There's a portion of scripture that says, Jesus says, occupy till I come. Another translation says, do business till I come. Till I come. Do business till I come. I know, Pastor, you, if I give you the mic, you will share a lot of a lot of capital that is not money. I've, I've, been, I've been privy to some of the um, um, things here shared. Capital that is not money. That that is just what they used to start. Just trust. That I trust that you will do this thing. And that's the capital. And then the money followed after. The money followed after. So that one is free of charge. You did not pay for that one. Glory to God. I don't know how, I, honestly, I don't know how I got there. But... I hope you get the message. Glory to God. John chapter 15 and verse 13. says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. There is no greater love you can express than the one you lay down your life. The one that you sacrifice your life. The one that you sacrifice your life. All my references are going into business. I don't know what's happening here. All my references are going into My mind is just going into business, business. All my references. So I moved to Port Harcourt from Lagos. Late 2016. Fast forward to 2017. 2018. I got a call from one of my clients who's in um, Lagos and then said to me that I would like you to do okay, what, what I do for them for, for that client in Lagos is <clears throat> you know there are certain people that they don't okay let me tell you how I got into that business I had some clients who I do computer networks for. I help them service their high-end high earners. They just, they don't take their computers anywhere. They just want you to come to their house and say, Joel, I have a problem with this computer. Even if the mouse is not moving, we just call you, Joel, please, I need you to come to the house. Madame was trying to use the computer and the mouse is not moving. Honestly, 
those people they don't go to Ogunabali or Computer Village. You understand? High-end earners, very wealthy people. So they called me. I went to the house. I said, ah, "Okay, this is it." And when you go to places like that, you build them. Don't shine your eye. There's nothing called frio. You build them well. All right. You send your invoice. You know. So I did that, and then, um, so I, I've been doing that for a while. Then one one day, the man asked me, "Listen, what?" What am I transacting with here? I want, I want to show you how trust works. So, one, after a while, I got used to the family. I would go to the house. Um, they would prepare lunch or dinner for me, you know, and all that. You know, I got really very close to them. So, one day, the man asked me and said, um, Joel, do you know anything about um, um, US visa? I said, oh, yes. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? I know something. He said, I need thing, Abby. I said, I know something. He said, oh, yes. He said, ah, my wife and, and the kids, they want to travel. What do you think? He, uh, I said, no problem. I'll, 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 I'll sort it out for you. So I went back home to study. Studied, went there, did everything, the research and everything. I said, okay, sir. Um, that was many, many years ago. Many, almost 10 years or so ago. So I said, sir, for more than 10 years, maybe 15 or so, I said, sir, okay, so when do you want to travel? All I need is your passport, your whatever, ask for all the documents and everything. And then I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare your papers for you. These are wealthy people. They don't want any trouble. They don't want the hustle of we're going somewhere, we're going to submit this. Just do it and tell me what to do. Simple. So I, I took that and I made it a business. After that thing, I did this stuff. I've never done it before. I did it for, for them. Besides, the only the closest to doing that was maybe when my pastor wanted to travel and I had to um, go with him to the embassy and all that. That's the closest I'd done. So I did that and then um, I did the whole thing and they got the visa. What I added to that process was the fact that I have the anointing. I'm a child of God. That was the only thing I added. That God, because I'm doing it, let this visa click. So I did it. And then they got the visa. Right there, after that time, it became a business. So from that one, he would call his friends. Ah, oh, said, ah, what did that your visa for you? Oh, it's one guy, Joel, Joel, Joel. So they'll call me. High-end people. I was not doing for high-end people. So from this friend to that friend to that friend, what was I transacting with? Trust. Trust. Me, when I did my own, they denied me. <laughs> I didn't trust myself. I, I did, they denied me. It was a very funny incident. The day I was going for the interview, they, I forgot my passport at home. It was very, very funny. You know, but we'll get there. So I came, I came to Port Harcourt. So I, from that one client, I had done for several other clients, like high-end people, you know. So this particular one, he sells cars. There's, an, there's another one, he sells cars. So I, I do for him in, in Lagos when he wants to travel, his family wants to travel and all that. And then I got to Port Harcourt. One day I just got a call. Hello, Joel, how are you doing? Ah, so I have somebody who wants to travel XYZ. I said, oh, okay, no problem, sir. Um, just uh, let the person call me on XYZ. So lo and behold, the person called me. 
And then when the person called, and we talked and talked and talked and talked, we got to a point, the person said, okay, so um, when are you coming to Port Harcourt? I said, I'm no longer in Lagos. I'm in Port Harcourt. He said, oh, really? Ah, the person said that you are in Lagos. I said, yes, I used to be in Lagos. I've moved. He said, oh, ah, that makes it all good. And then the man said, can we meet? To be on the safe side. He invited me. See, there's some people that wear shorts and palm slippers. But what they control, what they control, you just be using eye to look at them like that. So the man said, let's meet. So we met at, um, uh, I think, Kilimanjaro, so at GRE Junction. I drove there, got there. Very funny. Now, I got there, sat in the car. I didn't know they were looking at me from one corner. They called me. Where are you? I said, I'm in the parking lot. Yeah. They were looking at me. I said, okay, enter. I entered. I said, sit down somewhere. We'll come and meet you. Ah. I sat down. Himself and his wife, they came. They sized me up, looked at me, looked at the car I came with. Ah, God. Looked at everything. And I said, okay. So this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do and everything. I told them how I'm going to do it and all everything I would do. And then they said, how much will it cost? I said, let me look at XYZ information first and then I'll tell you. So the woman said, okay. So the next visit, we didn't meet at an eatery anymore. They invited me to a school in Jari. I did not know that they are the owners of the school. I went there, sat with the woman, did the whole thing for her and everything. And it worked. She got the visa. Her children got the visa and everything. The next visit asked me where they invited me to. Their house. Their house. Just when I got to the house, I knew the kind of people I was dealing with. Ah, may you not jeopardize chances. Just when I got to the house, I realized the kind of people they were. High-end people I did not know. I did not know. And then from there, did several, did for the family, did for the son, did for the daughter. The daughter was going to Canada. I prepared the whole thing. The son was going to Canada. I prepared the whole thing. Send them my bill. But it didn't start with the fact that I wanted to go into doing visas for people. No. It's taxing. It takes a lot of thinking because if you get one thing wrong, ha, if you get one thing wrong, it's a problem. But it was going to bring money for me. So I did it. I don't know, maybe there's somebody here that God has been speaking to you about business. Maybe you are the one this service is for. Business doesn't have to really be about the things that you have passion for. It could be something you pick up along the line. Something that stumbles, you know, something you stumble on. Not something, it may not even be anything that you read at all. No. Just something you stumbled on. Something that, some skill that you have. Something that you just know about. And then it becomes a business. It becomes a business. 
There are many areas in our lives where we need to sacrifice things. In relationship, we sacrifice. In relationship, we sacrifice. Whether it's casual, marital, or any romantic relationship, whatever it is, there's sacrifice involved. You have to sacrifice for the other person. Sacrifice um, your time, your energy for the other person. To see that you are in consideration of the other person. In your career, the same thing. You sacrifice. You want to move from one stage to another. You want to get high up in your, um, in your organization. You sacrifice your time, energy, research, study, exams, certifications, things like that. You sacrifice to get it done. Not because you really love it, but because it takes you to the next level. It takes you to the next level. Financially as well, you sacrifice. You sacrifice financially. God told me something some time ago. He said, it is the seed first before the harvest. And what he meant by that is that any future you so desire, there has to be a seed for that future to come to pass. Any future you so desire, there has to be a seed in the ground for the future to come to pass. I say, ah, pastor, I want to be a mechanical engineer. The seed is that you will start studying to be a mechanical engineer. If there is no seed in the ground, there will be no future of mechanical engineering. So the seed first before the harvest. The same thing financially. When you sow your seeds, any kind of seed that you sow, it is the seed first before the harvest. All kinds of seed. It has to go into the ground. It has to, um, it, it has to go through a process before there is a harvest. Before there is a harvest. On, on Wednesday, we're talking about um, faith and foolishness. And discussing, it was, it was quite interesting because um, there are lots of things that, that we, we've termed um, faith that somehow turn to be foolishness. And a lot of things that um, may look foolish in the world, but it's actually an act of faith. Actually an act of faith. I remember one, one um, time I went to do a, a, a job for... Now, that's, that's another one entirely. I got a call from, from a company that I used to do business with in Lagos. I used to help them do their networks in their office. So one day they called me and said, we need, we need someone who can do fiber optics. I had not read about fiber optics at the time. So they needed to lay fiber optics somewhere. So they needed someone. So because I'm into computer networks and all that, okay, easy breeze, I'll go study it and all that. I said, okay, what do you guys need to do? They said, okay, we need to lay fiber optics um, in Sosuzo Place and all that. They say, where is the, um, where is the place? They said, um, Dangote Cement Factory in Abajana. Yeah. So, Abajana, yeah. So I said, okay, good, no problem. That um, I'll send you my invoice. So I went to study about fiber optics. And then I got to... I had to fly to Abuja, then take um, a road trip to the place. So I, I got there and I sat down, looked at the whole fiber optic stuff. After I had studied and done my research and everything, so I fixed the whole thing, sort the whole thing out. They paid me my money, flew back, went back to Abuja. And then somehow I now fell ill in Abuja. Spent a lot of money in the hospital. And then 
I was coming back to Lagos. I didn't have any money again. I got, this is a true life story. I didn't have any money again. I now prayed. I said, God, what, what do I do? This is a true life story. He said to me, go to the airport. I'm not joking. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I have that kind of faith now to do that kind of thing. He said, go to the airport. So I went to the airport. Pa bags packed, everything. I stood at the airport there. I said, so what next? What next? I was just walking around, what next? I went to the counter. How much is the flight? They told me. I calculated how much I had. It was about, um, about 10 or 15,000 naira short, the money I had. So I just kept pacing around, pacing around. What do I do? What do I do? Went to another airline, checked about the same thing. I said, okay, what do I do? And next thing he said, go to the ATM. I am not joking. I went to the ATM, put in my card, tried to withdraw money from my account that there's no money. Nothing came out. I took the card, went back, stood somewhere. Somebody called me back and said, sir, go back to the ATM. Your money has come out. I went there, pulled the thing out. It was 20,000. I held the money in my hand. Waiting for somebody to come and tell me that it's my money. Nobody came. I held the money in my hand. Nobody came. Somebody said, oh boy, go and buy your ticket. I stood and was like, what's going on? What's going on? That doesn't mean tomorrow I want to travel. I will now go to the airport and stand <laughs> in front of the ATM. No, I wouldn't do that. At that time, God needed to show his mercy. He needed to show his favor. All right? Could it be that I had sown some seeds in the past? Could it be that somehow, somehow, the seeds, are, you know, people struggle with seeds a lot because they don't understand the concept of seed time and harvest. Every seed you sow has a harvest. He has a harvest. If you're not, if you don't have the habit of seed sowing, there's a problem. As a child of God, there's a problem. You don't want to say, ah, no, but I give offering in church. You don't understand. There is a grace and a blessing for every kind of seed you sow. The seed you sow to your parents has a blessing. The seed you give in church has a blessing. The prophet offering you give has a blessing. You cannot equate one for the other. How can you say, okay, I planted mango. Let me now reap coconut. How? It's impossible. You say, ah, no. I, the only kind of seed I used to sow is offering. Ah, I don't joke with my offering. All this, come and give special seed or give. I don't do all those things. It's okay. Those other things are not for you. Those other blessings are not for you. So it has its place. As God empowers you, as God graces you, all these things are sacrifices. As God empowers you, you do them. They have their place. They have the blessings attached to them. Say, ah, the only kind of say, I used to only give my parents. Mm -mm, I just take my tithe and just give it to my parents. You don't understand something. Your tithe has a blessing attached to it. Your offering has a blessing attached to it. The seed you sow to your parents have a blessing attached to it. The prophet offering you give has a blessing attached to it. You cannot equate one for the other. So whatever harvest is attached to all of them, 
it's in the future. So when you have a habit of sowing, you come to a point where you have a habit of reaping. Harvest has now met up with giving. Let me, let me put it this way to you. So you, 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 you uh, every month you sow a particular kind of seed. Or every period, every time, every season, or, how, or however often it comes to you, you sow a particular kind of seed. What you are doing is that you are setting yourself up for a particular kind of harvest. So when that becomes a habit of sowing, when the harvest time comes, it now becomes a habit of reaping. What does scripture say? It says that so um, if you will, you, will, you will reap if you faint not. So it's talking about a continuous process, a continuous system. That you went to Unilag does not mean that you will graduate. It's if you continue till graduation time. Am I correct? Say, oh, I went to Unilag. So? But you didn't continue till graduation time. The same thing. You want to become a, a mechanical engineer. You want to be good at something. Whatever it is, it will take a process and a series of sacrifices to the point. A lot of times people cut short their harvest because they feel that um, the thing is not growing. There's nothing. Let me tell you, there is no seed that you sow that doesn't have a harvest. There is none. There is none. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. It will not, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. It will not cease. Turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 11. Let me read the passion translate the message translation. From verse 1, it says, Be generous. Invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. Don't hoard your goods, spread them around. Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. When the clouds are full of water, it rains. When the wind blows down a tree, it lies where it falls. Don't sit there watching the wind. Do your own work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. Oh, amazing. Listen. Look at it in the New King James. It says, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. He who observes the wind Say, which way is the wind going? That person will not sow. And then he who is observing the cloud, will it rain, will it rain? He will not reap. He said, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. Say, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Everything. He said, in the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand 
For he did not know which will prosper, either this or that. Or whether both alike will be good. Will be good. It requires sacrifice. But the underlining thing in your mind is that there is a harvest for me. Every sacrifice I make, there is a harvest for me. And I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of it. I'm not going to cut short myself from a blessing. No, because of that. There's a famous philosopher, Seneca. He said, it is not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare. That's why things are difficult. It's not because things are difficult that we do not dare things. It's because we do not dare things. That's why things are difficult. Every achievement you will have will require you to sacrifice. You will sacrifice time. You will sacrifice energy. You will sacrifice all kinds of resources to achieve the things that you need to achieve. But at the back of your mind, you are comforted that there is a future waiting for you. There is a future waiting for you. I tell people that the future, tomorrow is a myth. Tomorrow is not real. The only real thing you have is today. That's the only real thing you have. The reason that there will be tomorrow is because of what you are doing today. And if you are not doing anything today, there will not be a tomorrow. You have to do something today to guarantee that there is a tomorrow. You have to do something today. Someone who is not saving, you will not have anything in the future. It's not a curse. It's not a curse. If you are not investing, there will be no way that companies will pay you tomorrow because you are not investing. It's not a curse. It's not a curse. So for you to have a tomorrow that you are proud of, there are sacrifices you have to make today to ensure that that tomorrow is there. There are sacrifices you have to make. Glory to God. Honestly, I don't know how I digressed into all these things I'm saying. But I trust you got one or two things. Praise the Lord. People are not talking. It's like I've lashed. I've hit some places. <laughs> Hope I will be able to go home today. Stand to your feet, church. You know, one of the things that I have learned to deal with in my life is regrets. 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 Sometimes, because we regret the things we've not done, it just keeps us from even doing any other thing. So we keep reminiscing on what we have failed to do. And because of that, we don't have the strength to even move forward. Wherever you are in life, the best place to start is now. 
the moment you realize that oh I have made a mistake or I have not been diligent in a particular thing the best place to start is from that moment that you realize and then you begin to make amends and you begin to walk your way up it will require pain sacrifice energy but at the end of the day you are better for it you're better for it you're better for it lift your hands to him I'd like you to pray one prayer this morning that God will help you to make the sacrifices required for your future I think that's as best as it gets every sacrifice required to make today so that I will have the best future ever the best future the future that God has desired for me is it sacrifice of prayer sacrifice of diligence sacrifice of study whatever kind of sacrifice the Lord God empowers you strengthens you to make those sacrifices lift your voice and pray this morning that the strength of God comes into you and you're empowered by heaven to make the sacrifices that you need to make thank you father thank you father thank you father for you to become the better version of yourself it will require sacrifices it will require you to give up on certain things it will require you to um, start so, stop certain things and start some other things but everything will require sacrifice you cannot do, what what brought you here or brought you to where you are today may not necessarily be what will take you to where you're going the dynamics may be different the strategy may be different but everything requires sacrifice but once you understand the right sacrifice except the kind of wheat falls to the ground and dies it abides alone it abides alone so ask god for strength to make the changes that you need to make to sacrifice in the places that you need to sacrifice to strengthen you on the inside to identify those places that you need to make certain changes and certain sacrifices and then to strengthen you to do it strengthen you to do it thank you father thank you father lift your hands to him the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.